friends. It's Andy and Hedy to come to you live from Yorba Linda, California, for the Living Fearless Devotional. You can find the devotional and the rest of our content at, content at resurrectministry.com, where you will meet Jesus where you are. It is uh, Andy's new episodes of his Fearless Man podcast. You want to check those out, too. We have uh, books to read and my articles from the Christian Post. You could drop us a line if you'd like to send us a comment. We'd love to read those. And if you care to donate, there's a donate now button. That was awesome. Thank you. It was so smooth. We have people joining us right away. That was pretty awesome. We got Lisa Wood on. Hi, Lisa. Lisa. Wood, Carrie News. Uh, Lisa saying hi to Carrie. <laughs> Carrie News saying good to see y'all. Iris is on. Very good. And Cindy. Hi, Iris and Cindy. How are you? Hi, nice Carrie. to see you. I listened to your uh, sermon today, Cindy. That was great. Yes. Yes. Nice job. Very, very good. We are um, reading from morning by morning. Yes. By Charles Spurgeon. You know, I, it's like buying an, a, a car. You buy, so we got this uh, Ford, right? So I buy this Ford, and now all I see on the road are other Fords just like mine. Oh, so Spurgeon. Everybody loves Spurgeon. Facebook is AI, you know, so they just they track, yes. and now all you see is Spurgeon stuff. But even uh, Shadrach mentioned Spurgeon today. Oh, Jack right, often mentioned Spurgeon. He's a, he's a legend. The 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 pastor Giant. at the Kindred. He oh, said he, uh, he mentioned Spurgeon. I didn't know. I did. I didn't. He's a rock star. I think they're they're listening to our show, and oh, they've all decided, hey, if, cool. if Andy and Hedy like this guy named Spurgeon, <laughs> and they probably never heard of him before, and oh. now they're now they know who he is because of us, like Jack. Yeah. Nobody knew who Jack was before us. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> wow. Lisa wants to know uh, how um, she can listen to Cindy's sermon. Facebook. Yes. Yes. If you befriend Cindy Joy on Facebook, you can watch it on her page. She also has a page for the uh, for the church, but you could also watch it on her. I can't page. imagine what Carrie's laughing at. I don't know either. But say hi to Michael too. You haven't seen <laughs> hey, him Michael before. Nicholson. How are you? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Awesome. This is a Glad good one. Glad to hear. Okay, so morning by morning by Charles Spurgeon. Um, it, said, it starts off with Second Samuel seven twenty five, and it says, "Lord God, do as you promised." Charles Spurgeon, this guy that nobody ever knew before us, <laughs> says, God's promises were never meant to be cast aside like waste paper. Wow. <laughs> That's so funny. Right? I don't know why that, that makes it gives me a little tickle. He intends for us to use them. His gold is not the currency of a miser. He means for us to use it for trading. Nothing pleases our Lord more than to see us put his promises into circulation. He loves to see his children offering them up to him while saying, Lord God, do as you promised. We glorify God when we earnestly plead his promises. Do you honestly believe God will be any poor for giving you the riches he has promised? Never. No. Do you actually suppose he will be any less holy for granting holiness to you? No. Do you somehow imagine he will be any less pure after cleansing you from your sins? Absolutely not. The Lord says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. 
True faith takes hold of God's promise of pardon without delay and does not say, this is a precious precious promise. I wonder if it's true. Instead, it takes the promise directly to God's throne and pleads, Lord, here are your words. Do as you promised. Then he replies, be it done for you as you desire. Even a Christian takes hold of a promise, but does not take it to God. He dishonors him. Yet when he immediately goes to God's throne of grace and cries out, I have no basis to ask for this except that you have said it, then his desire will be granted. Our heavenly banker, (laughs) our heavenly banker, delights to cash his own checks. So never let his promises rust. Draw his word of promise from its sheath and use it with an intense and holy force. Don't ever think God will be bothered or burdened when you remind him of his promises. He loves to hear the loud outcries of needy souls. For it is true delight to be to bestow his blessings on them. In fact, he is always more ready to hear than we are to ask. In the same way, the sun never grows weary of shining, nor a stream of flowing. It is God's nature to keep his promises. Therefore, go immediately to his throne and say, do as you promised. So, yes. How do you plead God's promises? How do I plead them? How does anybody? You just say, please speak to me, guide me. But you, this is what Jim says. You have to plead it through the word. Should we read what Jim has? Yes, I think it's really important. All right, go ahead. In order to take God's promises to him in prayer, we must know these promises. Uh, Yet how many of us neglect his word? How many of us, even longtime Christians, do not dig into his word, mining those nuggets of gold that Spurgeon calls God's currency for trading? Digging deeper requires a strong commitment and ongoing discipline. And like everything else in our spiritual lives, it will not be easy. Yet it pays eternal dividends of great worth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all of God's good promises the Lord has given you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. That's from Joshua 23, 14. And then he says from Deuteronomy 32, 46 and 47. Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. Father, this is uh, Spurgeon, uh, Jim's prayer. Father, forgive me for neglecting your word. Since your word is my life, please deepen my desire for it today. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. That's Psalms 145.16. So the only way we can plead God's promises is by reciting his words back to him. And this great book by Joyce Meyer that she lays out scripture topically like this so she created a prayer book that's pleading god's word over your life and it's based on anger depression uh loneliness you name it um it's a really really great small purple pocketbook uh but it's so important to memorize certain scriptures that have that kind or write them down um that have that power over you like some of my favorites are uh what paul said uh 
your power is made perfect in my weakness and therefore I will boast of my weakness all the more when he had that thorn mm -hmm. in his side and he and the Lord's like my um, my grace is sufficient for you um, and so it's just it's reminding myself constantly that his power is made perfect in my weakness mm -hmm. um, the other ones are the promises of Joshua I will be with you all of your days just as I was with Moses I will be with you all of your days be strong and courageous I will never leave you or forsake you so it's like things like that, things that touch us or mean something special to us. It's so important um, to read them and read them back to ourselves. And remember, these are God's promises to us and for us to grab hold of them. Yes. This first part that uh, of Psalm uh, 145.16, that says, Father, forgive me for neglecting your word. Neglecting could be, uh, obviously, where you just don't get into the word. Uh, but I was reminded of what uh, Shadrach said. So uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs at Calvary Chapel of Chino Hills was not there today. It was his birthday, I understand. Yes. That's what we heard. Um, so he must have been enjoying, enjoying himself. <laughs> My family. <laughs> so Shadrach, yes, the Shadrach was at our, uh, at our church. He's a pastor at our church. And I'm just going to read a portion of what he said today. He said, they want to worship, talking about people attending church, they want to worship or identify as they see fit. They want to come into church and they want to worship as they see fit. And they want pastors to tell them it's okay for them to worship as they see fit. I am here to tell you that it is unbiblical teachings and doctrines of demons. It is not okay for you to worship as we see fit. Jesus said, true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. And he goes on and much, much goes into more detail. But I, I see that too in that neglecting the word. You are not, not just neglecting it. You are kind of ignoring it or. Well, and, he, and that was part of, and I'm glad you brought that up because this carries forward from our discussion yesterday where he's like, you cannot um, demand from a pastor, nor should you attend a church that says things, Here we go again. <laughs> that says things just to tickle itching ears, you know, because people yes. are demanding something easy, something, you know, that makes me feel good, something that, you know, makes me hopeful. It's not God's word. Isn't just, um, isn't just supposed to make you feel good. Right. You know, it's supposed to convict you. It's supposed to make you draw closer. It's supposed to make you walk in holiness. It's supposed to make you crave that holiness which are also part of God's promises that he will make us holy, that he will make us white as snow. I wonder how many people will go into church without the knowledge, without hearing the true gospel and ask for things that God never intended to give you. And they'll say, Hey, you promised, you know, me money. Right. You promised me fame and fortune. If I just pray, I, I don't, I, that's, that's not the in there. prosperity yeah. gospel. <laughs> So right now, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. So now I finally I see the point. I think the first time I read it, I was just kind of, sur you know, kind of on the surface understanding. But it is, it is critical to understand the truth of the gospel <laughs> when asking for his promises. Because yes. your idea of his promises can, can, can be completely off base. And I think a lot of the prosperity gospel comes from some of the scripture where people are not reading the whole Scripture. So here, James 4, 1, um, what causes the quarrels and causes fights among you? It is not, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. 
you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to right. spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity to God? So it is. So God's promises are based on whether they are in line with what God desires for us. First John 5, people also warp this scripture. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. People leave out the according to his will. Anything that we ask, we shall receive. You know, they forget the according to his will. It's, the, it's kind of this manipulation of scripture to turn it into something um, that like it's jackpot Jesus. So this one caught my attention. Go, no. Let me go back down. Sure. <laughs> uh, you adulterous, this is James 4, 4. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, make himself an enemy of God. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. As you were reading, it just caught my attention. That's it's true. That is so strong. Those are the things that people ignore. Don't see fit. <laughs> to read you don't preach it they don't preach upon them right. you know they right. just want to preach the happy things yep. and you know some of them the happy ones and whatever you ask in prayer you will receive if you have faith ah what kind of faith <laughs> if you have faith what kind of faith right yeah so people are like well if i i didn't get it i asked and i didn't get it well do you have faith what kind of faith do you have <laughs> do you have faith that whatever you get is what you were supposed to get you know, it's a, it's not a, it's not a jukebox. Put in a quarter and get a song. Wow, this is cool. This whole thing, this whole list you came up with here. Wish everybody else could see it. First <laughs> <laughs> John three two two, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. So whatever we ask, we receive for those that keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. Most of these scriptures of, you know, you will get anything you want are, are combined with passages about making sure that your heart is right with God, mm. because then he will fulfill the desires of your heart according to his will. So he'll put desires in your heart that are in line with him and then grant them to you. Mm. So that's the, again, the important part of, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is it transforms our desires so we are no longer enemies of God. Wow. That we don't walk in the world, that we put off our old self and we put on our new self with the attitude in our minds that are in line with that new self that God has given us. Can you read Matthew 6, 1 through 34? Right there at the top. Uh, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, no sound of trumpets before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving is in secret. And your Father will see what's in secret and reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Mm. Wow. Yeah, we see that. I think I, I see that right? often. 
Yes, it's a grandiose, it's a show. And, and the reason I wanted you to read it because it reminded me of why we are making the decisions we have been making over the last uh, month or so about what church we attend. Oh, you see yes, what I'm I saying? see that. Yeah. Give with your right hand, don't let your left hand yeah, know what look your right how hand good is we are. doing. You know, it's so funny because those of you that were on the show last night, we were talking about the transition from church that are you know, fulfilling what God is calling. And that is to get it to, for, to, to, to know the gospel, to hear what the Bible has to say in, a, in an honest and truthful manner uh, from the pulpit um, and to, um, to grow in our faith, to grow in the, the truth of the gospel, which is kind of what I said twice. But um, that, that, that boasting that we heard from the church that we no longer attend became very clear where I, yes. it's, but it's happened for years and I never saw it. Ah. So I'm back to that again. And then we go to a church like, um, you know, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And sometimes he'll, he will say things. He goes, you guys probably don't know this, but we, we, we do this thing. And he brings it up, not in a, in a boastful way, but in a way just to let people know, Hey, you know, this, this thing happened at this years point. ago, years ago, <laughs> like I, we had no idea that we were in Bali or that we were in all these places and all the different places that we've touched throughout the world. It, we meaning the church and uh, we, we might not never know. Yeah. So I, I think there's got to be this way. And I'm sure if we were to ask, you know, what, who are the charities, who are the missionaries that we're supporting you know, where are they at and who are they, you know, we could probably find that list somewhere, but it's just not like every day, uh, like how good we are. Right. None of that. None, none, of that none of that really happens. He doesn't really even ask for money. When was the last time they asked for money at the church? Usually there's some like tax or whatever, but he hasn't even done that lately. Yeah. It's um it's interesting. I know you have to find that balance because a church needs money to exist to keep the lights on. I mean a, a physical building like our church at Coverage Opportunity Hills, it means it needs Yeah, they do a tithing a, a request. Yeah, but it's so it's a little a little video but it's not an emphasis yeah absolutely or it's just something that happens while you're sitting there you know okay so, so we got a lot of comments coming here so where we left off uh yes i read research uh, in a class i don't remember the stats but spiritual growth is significantly higher for those that read the god, word of god regularly oh mm -hmm. yeah uh driscoll did his whole analysis it, it's actually a, a study Mark about driscoll. yeah the difference in the lives of people who um, read scripture every day versus twice a week or three times a week. And he had it, uh, the research had a whole breakdown. It was a great study. I remember reading that too. And uh, Kate says Joyce Myers is a prosperity teacher. Yes, she is often accused of that. But the book I'm talking about is literally entirely scripture. So she's just done it topically. I personally, it's very similar to Stephen Furtick. People criticize him a lot. Um, my take on some of these preachers is that it's not necessarily the only person I listen to, but some of their um, some of their teaching is really helpful that for people, especially struggling uh, mentally and emotionally. So instead of going to new agey teachers or going to a doctor and popping a pill, some of these messages about the power of Christ um, to heal and to redeem. Um, could be quite beneficial for somebody. I know when I was going through a very dark period of my life, that um, those kind of messages were really helpful to get me back on my feet. 
it doesn't ultimately grow you in the word, um, but it's just a supplementary message. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Absolutely. I understand that. But for me, it was helpful at that period in my life. Yeah, what I like, though, and I, I, I've seen Stephen uh, at uh, the farm. In, right. In Inglewood. That's a good and it was a, a huge venue where I think it's holds 16,000 people, I believe. It could be yeah, more. It could be 18,000. Um, but to it, it's it's again, there's that um, there's kindergarten. Right. That and, and it's fun and the music's really good. And he's he's bringing Jesus to people's ears. Right. And the hope is that they will transition. They will move. Which move is what on. happened to me. Yeah. I found this message really powerful that night at the forum. And I thought it was it was amazing to, to have that there. Uh, again, I, I told the story that I, I've been in the forum, you know, through high school, mostly drunk and um, and and don't remember half the concerts that I, I go to. <laughs> so it was interesting to me to be in a place where I had participated in a debauchery and then be there for a, a message uh, from a, a pastor. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's that it's everybody's it's everybody's individual choice. Yeah. But for me and Andy, we we love hearing all kinds of people. We go to worship concerts. We go to new churches. We just love um, listening to how people um, portray God's word. But that's not our home church. Those no, aren't our pastors. That's exactly what I was going to say. Our, yeah. our home is Calvary Chapel. Church. Yes, that's where we are rooted. That's where we grow. That's where our fellowship, at, you know, our community is, and that's where we tie. That's how we contribute. That's where we volunteer, teaching this class, and other things that we do. So um, these other experiences, I mean, quite frankly. We, we have friends that go and like spend the night in a bar or drinking or, you know what I mean? And we go to worship concerts. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's pleasing. What's God. Michael got to say there? Michael says, God promised us a savior, a savior and a redeemer and eternal life. Seek the, the kingdom first and God will take care of the rest. Amen. Amen. Uh, yes, that's right on point. Us transformed and in line with God's will. Mm. Ah, here goes a carnal Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh saying amazing when god uh when god turns on the light for us yes though yeah. no, i think she confessed her prosperity gospel was out of balance we all change in him mm. and yes uh stephen has done the same thing uh, because stephen is an interesting bird because he graduated from a southern baptist school he was raised as a southern baptist never drank in his life um except a crisis 17 years old from everything that i hear I was extremely involved in the church when I was first there. And from all I hear from staff members, he lives a holy life. Like, you know, he's, he's a deeply uh, committed family man. He doesn't go out and party. Like he's a, he's a deeply committed person. And when he was, when he's often criticized about being too soft, he's like, listen, this is my lane. This is the lane God put me in. People grow and move on. That's fine. But this is the lane that God's put me in. And that's, that's where my gifting is. Um, you do with it what you will. Yeah, for sure. Did we read the uh, scripture? Oh, sorry. Uh, Lisa says when I was driving out, I wanted to church hop. I wanted to church hop to speak when I moved to California, but things have changed, and I'm getting accepting of it slowly. I, I wanted to church hopster speak. Church hop. Oh, I think it's just a spell. Yeah, at least you have to clarify that. So you get, so you get it right. <laughs> That happens to us too. 
Uh, so two Samuel seven, and now Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised. Uh, and this is uh, about David and the Lord promising him that he'll give him a kingdom forever. And it, it's actually such a beautiful passage because he originally um, is talking about God, how, you know, he doesn't want this to be this traveling car caravan tabernacle thing anymore. He wants to build him a house. And the Lord's like, I don't need you to build me a house. I didn't ask for that, but I'm going to build your house and I'm going to build it forever. Mm. Um, and it's just so beautiful. And, and David's like, thank you, Lord, just do as you promised. Mm. It's just the interactions between God and David are so beautiful. That's why God describes him as a man after his own heart, despite his shortcomings. Isaiah 118, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Foreshadowing the coming of the Christ. And what, um, I'm trying to figure out what he means that though they are red as crimson, they shall be made, be like wool. Wool meaning white. They describe wool as being white. Mm -hmm. As crimson, they shall be like wool. Meaning he will wash it white as snow. Okay. I don't know. They, they, I just can't. The color crimson? Well, the crimson is red. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll be white. Right. How do we, how do we, how does that happen to us? With... Who can make me white as snow? <laughs> oh, Jesus. But I'm just like, it's a, the, the sentence, there's a comma. Though they are red as crimson, though they're red, they shall be like wool. Because we are sinners, but we are made pure. Okay. Why? Through Jesus Christ. Yeah. His death. Because we're, we're absolutely incapable of it. Yes. I don't but Okay. I got it. Um, and maybe it's the way this version's written. Maybe if you read another version, it wouldn't be so strange. So, though you I will sins, make them as I see that. See? So, new, uh, new Living Translation is, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Make though they are white. red like crimson, I will make them as white as snow. That's what a sentence didn't make any sense. Well, because it's like, it's written almost like poetry. So, it's not, every word is not um, written. Okay. It is understood. Oh, implied. He just, I was going to have a stroke. <laughs> They always say, you know, when you don't understand a message, read the other versions, whether uh, the New Living Translation is a great one to read. Um, uh, no, see, so New King James yeah. was very similar to NIV. Sorry, sorry, folks, I just I needed I needed some help. Matthew 15, 28. <laughs> then Jesus answered her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed. So we got to remember, folks, to plead God's promises over our lives. Uh, sorry, I didn't check it. Uh, uh, hoping to visit many churches like you guys do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. God willing, you'll be able to do that again. And Carrie says, we are like David, bloody with sin. Yes. So true. Yeah. We shall make this white as <laughs> See that problem I have that sometimes irritates you? Yes. Where I, you'll say a word and I'll say, did you mean that? You go, well, yeah, you knew that I meant. Well, no, I heard you say that word. No, but it's implied. <laughs> I don't do the implied thing. Yeah. When you, when you, 
when you're interview suspects and criminals, you listen to their words. Yeah. Because they they will tell you things. And in a slip up, they they even tell you things. Yes. Right. Like the, I was watching a video of an officer uh, his deposition and he was speaking uh, about what he did. But there was no follow-up questions, and the, the, it was a more of an open question. What happened when you arrived, and what did you do? And then he said what he did. But then later on in the in the same interview, he was being asked micro questions. Okay, would you do this here, and what did you do there, and what did you do? And then his story was different. That's what you're supposed to catch. Yes, and so that's why I I, I, I don't know any other way. <laughs> But it is, I, I can see, and so this is one of the things God has done. Like, before, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you, you go, like, no, it's, and like, you go, why do you correct yeah. me? Or why do you, why yeah. do you not just say yes instead of saying, oh, did Wait, you mean? Yeah. yeah. It's super annoying. It's super annoying. <laughs> I, mean, I, know, I go, I don't even know what you're talking about because you said I'd this. Say, hey, are we going to lunch? And he's like, do you mean dinner? Right. And I was like, okay, it's six o'clock. Don't you know I mean dinner? Like, why do you have to correct me and say, did you you mean dinner? (laughs) Duh. Of course I meant dinner. Okay, so I said lunch. Did you know what I meant? And then I would go, well, no, you said lunch. So that's why I was wondering, like, are we going to eat lunch at four and then eat dinner like at 10? No, you do exactly. I don't know. See, that's the thing. No. It's (laughs) It's not true. More often than not, I hear you say the words, and I go, "Wow, does that mean that we're having lunch so late?" And then we're gonna. <laughs> I don't believe it. Really? Anyways, Kate's saying <laughs> I was reading First Samuel seventeen eighteen. There were three stages where the Bible says that David lived wisely, even when Saul cheated and demoted him. Yeah, see, that's the thing. David is such an interesting character because he did so many righteous things. And yet occasionally did some not so righteous things. <laughs> right. Uh, Carrie. And Carrie says anticipatory observation, good for a cop. But uh, <laughs> yes, we all have those weird quirks that yes. that lead over from our professional <laughs> lives into our personal ones. People say I'm extremely uh even my even the children, his children and my children, our children say, God, she's so she could be so patronizing that she talks to you like you're dumb, meaning me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bad habit. God's working on me, but yeah. It's like working it, on both of us. Yeah, it's just yes. a, it's a habit. Oh, that's so funny. It's a habit. That's that discussion. Break. <laughs> or we just kind of get used to it. Um, what else today? We uh, we saw Shadrach. What else? What else we do? Oh, we went to a nice dinner. Thank you for taking me to dinner. You took me on a little date tonight. A little uh, ribeye. Was it ribeye? Yes. That's good. So good. If you're ever, if you're, if you're ever in Brea, you know the Chop House is a really good restaurant. Yeah. We share our meals, um, and we still didn't finish it. No. That's pretty awesome. I'm yeah. really petite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really a petite eater. <laughs> Just nibbles. Just nibbles. The baked potato was the size of my head. (laughs) And it was a loaded baked potato. And so I think that was the thing that... I think you intimidated Larry today, too. Why? What did I do with Larry? Because... One of our seat. Yeah, one of our seatmates at church. I just started thinking back about what we did today. And uh, 
Sometimes other men are, are a little bit intimidated by Andy's broad shoulders and big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a first. I, I, I've never heard such things. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't lunch, Andy? <laughs> Uh, I hear the words and it just it's a natural I don't mean anything by it I really don't (laughs) I don't mean mean anything by it it was dinner we had dinner yep it was very good and we stood on the same spot as Pastor Jack Hibbs did the other day yeah he took a picture on Facebook of him in our little area down the street here Old Town Brea and uh, I wanted to text him so bad and just say I can't believe you came to Bray and didn't let us know. <laughs> you were in our stomping ground. Yes, we were in our stomping ground. All right. Anything else? What else happened today? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. You don't want to go any further? Yeah. It's 33 minutes in. Yeah. And Andy's got to wake up early in the morning traveling uh, mercies for Andy as he gets on a plane in the middle of all these like plane, this plane stopping suddenly. And yeah. Air traffic control not working. The fat finger syndrome. With Pete uh, Buttigieg, one of the most incompetent people on the planet running our transportation system. But I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole fat finger rationale is the most ludicrous thing I have ever heard. We might as well have Ronald McDonald running our transportation system. It, it, it's just. <laughs> He's a character. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bo could do better. My, my nine-year-old could do a better job. <laughs> Isn't he 10 now? He's almost 10. Is he 10? Yeah, he just had a birthday. Oh, yeah, he's 10. <laughs> <laughs> I always agree. I forgot. I have too many kids, six kids. Oh, my gosh. It's nonsense. So uh, even the attorney that I'm working for, he's going, you know, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get here. But if you get here, I'll meet you. I'll meet you at 5 o'clock after you arrive. And uh uh, let me know what happens, but so, so crazy. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Carrie says, and then there was 55 fighters in the air. Oh, was there? Because oh, of I didn't some... hear that. Because of the fat finger syndrome, because there was no airplane. Because oh, of... yeah. Oh, it's just craziness. And then, well, well, we're looking at it. We're, we take things, they, we, their, their answer is, we always take things seriously. Mm-hmm. And and we were, we've been very clear. They start every sentence with, Jean, Jean, what's her name again? Jean-Claire or Jean... Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. <laughs> and she starts every sentence. Well, he's been very clear. If he's clear, you don't have to say he's clear. He, he's just no, clear. Like, like, a question. Don't get worked up. Oh, my God. He's a news junkie. It's the craziest. We're, we're living in crazy town. <laughs> it is crazy town. For sure. All right. But those of us in counterterrorism know that when the planes all stop flying for no reason, it is not a fat finger that caused that problem. Now, more more to the story than we know wow What's oh watch care? monkey works on youtube for air activity oh there's a tip do you know who monkey works is no look at that you found something andy doesn't know i like monkey I, I in the like deep tube one of my favorites is a guy named cat turd okay. he's one of the best on twitter cat turd you oh. guys if you don't know cat turd watch him watch his twitter feed watch read read yeah whatever okay See, see, you just did what I did. See how easy it is. See how easy it is. Because <laughs> you just kept saying watch him on Twitter, and I was like, no. Well, pay attention to what he's doing. <laughs> but keep an eye out for him. I couldn't believe the size of meals when I lived there. I put on so much weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody says about him. Eddie and I uh, split a lot of meals. I think that's one of the things that uh, saves us. Oh, cat turd is, or cat turd, or monkey monkey, monkey works. works. Nobody knows who cat turd is. Yes, they do. How many? How many is already cat? I bet you Michael knows cat turd. 
I don't know why I would think that, but <laughs> <laughs> just because he's a dude. <laughs> no, but women love cat tour too. He's got the best Twitter feed. He's. Uh, I don't even go on Twitter. It's just. It's, it's so much better now. No, if you would listen to J- the Robert Malone, it is literally just government propaganda. Well, it was. Too, it still is. No. Is that the only reason that monkey? She's talking about monkey. She's talking about monkey. You're right. Okay. <laughs> right don't we all yeah subscribe to his account is really good he has some really good information okay uh carrie news knows cat turd and she spelled it right <laughs> look at that yeah. you gotta subscribe all right anything else my love i think that's it no it's not so there's one edify, more thing the edify christian podcast network Download the app, subscribe. It would be a great blessing to us. E-D-I-F-I.A-P-P. E-D-I-F-I.A-P-P. We love you guys. Thank you for joining yes. us. And God bless. God bless. Good night. Good night. Good night.